0: Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Jennifer Witt with me, and she is someone that I have learned. Uh, well, I, I've learned. I've, I've gotten to know you a little bit online um, through a Facebook group for moms who work, and uh, Jennifer is like a powerhouse. She's got her hands a 100 things, and she's got kids, and um, just went through a big job change. I actually helped review her resume. Jennifer, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I know you've just had a big job change. Will will um, probably be a little vague as we talk about your previous job, but you can talk about your experience for sure. You've got a lot of that. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I spent 16 plus years in the corporate world, um, in kind of a tech marketing, um, learning and development field role, uh, kind of a jack of all trades. So I run an inside sales team and a customer service group, uh, did a big migration of data did a really cool Salesforce launch. um, I just got to learn a lot of things. Um, But I recently made the choice to kind of change paths and start my own consulting firm. And I am so happy. (laughs) Um, I have more work than I know what to do with. And I get to partner with some people I've met over the years who are just absolute powerhouses as well. And so it's just been quite an adventure over the last, I think it's been it might have been just a month. <laughs> it's been a month, <laughs> <laughs> right? I feel like we first talked maybe almost a year ago. Like we were one of us. One of us. Either you were, either you or I. I can't even talk right now. Um, wanted to record something about like how to teach your coworkers how to use Teams or Zoom. You, you know, just with me. Was it, it was kind of past the first hump of pandemic. But we were still Um, running into people that just needed the extra boost. Yeah, I supported probably 500 independent sales reps. And just some of the quick tips, I could get on a Zoom with them or a a Teams meeting or whatever webinar service and talk them through it. But the confidence for them on their own to do it or to Google it just wasn't there. So I think we initially, we were like, we could do this podcast and talk about how to do those things and Mm kind of navigate that. Um, and then yeah, I it was, was before I started it was before I started this podcast, and so we, I don't know if you ago. It was a while ago though. Yeah. Anyway, the first time I ever saw you uh, on video, you were making a post into our group and you were hiding in a closet from your children. <laughs> and you were like, does anyone ever just need to like hide in a closet <laughs> to get away? <laughs> I mean, you're in a community of people who totally get it. So um, that's why I liked you because I was like, I get it. I actually work in the closet to get away. So, And that community has been, I want to say it's probably almost three or four years that and it's grown there. Obviously with the pandemic, we've had quite a few more people join who are working remotely for the man, as we say. And um, it's important to be willing to laugh about it a little bit. Absolutely, and you really have a diverse group of people in there. Uh, a lot of people, I think everyone is identifying as a mom, right? Is it a mom group? Yes, it okay. is uh, a mama's group. So um, I think there are a few who have asked, like, "I'm a plant mama." Does that count? And <laughs> yeah, yeah, considered removing the mamas, but it, it, you know, everyone's welcome. But we definitely do have a lean and a focus on that balance between mm-hmm. um, remote work and parenting. It's it's a dance. For sure. So you've been basically an admin over that. And then you started another group that was a little bit more broad for men and women, just anyone who has been uh, put into the work from home lifestyle unexpectedly, especially with the pandemic. And that one hasn't been like as active, but it grew really fast too. It did. So when everything shut down for the pandemic, we saw a huge influx of requests to join our remote working mamas group. And that had become a really safe space for our kind of core members. And so we didn't want to just open the floodgates. So we opened kind of a temporary space for the community of remote workers and mm-hmm. it grew and we got some, like, what are your tips and tricks? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of those members either returned pretty quickly to the workforce or um, in a lot of sad cases, like they were actually let go. So when their, their yeah. employer went remote, they actually either ended up closing or doing some kind of layoff furlough or all of the temporary things that people did to get through those few months. Yeah. So it isn't as a dynamic active group, but it's still there. So, uh, do you remember the name of the other remote working community? Is that right? Yes. Uh, so I can pull them up and look, uh, so we have remote working mamas and then we have remote work community and remote working community. And so they're kind of all tied together. So it's like a page and two groups and, um, really just started out of the need to connect with others who understood, right? So I'm not just at home able to do my dishes, although that does happen on occasion. Um, It's probably more likely if I'm working at home versus the office, Um, but really being honest about what that balance looks like and how overwhelming it can be. And a lot of the women that are in there are working like a full-time job, you know, with benefits, you know, working for corporate, there are people who are entrepreneurs and things in there, or um, I don't know if you even allow people who identify as remote working that that just do like an MLM. Do you? So we are pretty, so as somebody who loves their MLM, um, (laughs) we are not a place where that is supported. There are a lot of groups that do that. Um, VIP kids has tons of subgroups. even my lovely hair, MLM has its own groups. All those kind of have those spaces. We're not a hustle group, right? So this is really about that balance of that 40 hour week where maybe your own independent entrepreneurship um, role. It's not really the place for realtors to talk about their balance. Um, it's, you know, there are spaces for that. So it's not industry specific, but yeah. there are some that are kind of excluded because they already have a huge space. That's true. That's true. Uh, let's see let's go. You are doing a lot of things and I'd like you to just kind of rattle off some of the things that you do or are right now. I know that you started a new program. You just changed houses, started a business out of your home. Yeah, we did that. Um, So I'm going to kind of go on priority, right? So number one is my family. And unfortunately they get, they get focused time, but they get a sliver of said time. Um, In our house, we really care about community. So we're very, very focused on building community locally. So sometimes that's serving on a nonprofit board. Um, it might be my husband volunteers with the red cross, uh, writing kind of disaster PR things. Um, so we kind of find a time for that. And then, um, we also, I, I manage a another remote or another virtual community, uh, focused on our micro community. So where we live locally, about seven years, I started a page for that. And, um, It has its own nonprofit board and we're working on our our nonprofit status and, you know, that takes time. Mm -hmm. So family community, and then, you know, you have to pay your bills. So I, uh, with my husband started a photography business years ago, um, mostly corporate photography, event photography, not portraits and family. That wasn't really our, our jam, but, um, that was called Veranda. And, in uh, my husband's prior kind of job transition, he had taken over that and uh, done veranda business and brands. And so last year, cause you know, in the middle of a pandemic, why don't we just move houses? Um, we had a really great opportunity where our neighbor was selling her home, um, for a very reasonable price. And so we picked up, um, well, we bought the house first and we painted it and we kind of weighed our options and it really was a better fit for us. Our house is really unique. It was a former dentist office. Um, it's located in our basement, and the basement is a walkout basement with, in the front with a full parking lot. And so we moved in last I want to say we bought the house in September. We didn't officially move in until closer to Christmas, but we um, had all this space, and I had a ton of friends who were crafters or, you know entrepreneurs in their own right, making coffee, making candles, whatever it might be. And all the craft fairs were canceled. Hmm. I had this 1500 square foot basement. (laughs) So we took, um, about half of it and opened up that kind of front office area that literally, if you imagine walking to your dentist office, like their front entryway, we had this huge desk. Um, and we just set up shop. And so people literally would make an appointment online to show up and they'd write down what they took and I'd invoice them online. So it's honor system. Uh, it was last year. Absolutely. And I mean, you don't know about it. Like we don't have like a big, lit sign out front telling people to come in. So it was definitely by appointment. We knew who you were when you were coming in um, and it worked out really well. So this year we're changing up a little bit, Um, still very similar distance shopping. I I don't have time to work the store full-time, so that's Mm -hmm. not an option. So we're doing um, kind of like sort of like pop-up days. So last last weekend, I think it was the weekend before, we did kind of a launch. So we had a big party, a little fall party outside because we have this huge parking lot. Um, and, uh, you could go in and grab a few items and ring up and get charged. So people can ring up on their phones now, or they can, you know, sign a piece of paper or, you know, masked up. I'm willing to, to ring them up if I'm here. So you have a parking lot. How many spaces does it have? You can do parties out there. yeah, Yeah. Um, I'll have to send you a picture for you to slide in, but, uh, I think technically it has six spots for the store and there's like. Four more spots and then like the driveway. So that's awesome. Pretty big house. <laughs> I, we got a deal. Like we're not rolling it. We yep. just got a deal. And when you said neighbor, like it was like over the woods and through the how do you say it? Over so the- was it was literally over the creek. Over no, the creek. That's woods. what I was through. The yeah. Woods. So there's a creek between here and there. And what's funny is we moved everything and then we built the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, there's a bridge now. <laughs> Did you have over. to like drive through the neighborhood to get around to the other side or were you just like mm-hmm. schlepping things over the Well, <laughs> we paid movers for the big stuff, um, but they, at one point their truck was full. And so they literally, we took like an old door and they just kind of went down in the creek and over. Um, yeah. So when you talk about the different kinds of stress events that people can have in their life, yeah, moving is one job change is another and also school stuff. So you started school. Oh yeah. That was the other thing. So we, we, have got a door tier here. We've got, um, family community. We moved slash the store and, and then work. So I was working a full-time job and I also decided to go back to school in the middle of a pandemic kind of around the same time. So I had been considering going back for a, uh, Degree in Instructional Systems Technology and Adult Education from IU and that's Indiana University, and I've been considering it for years. And I just one day, it was actually right before we bought the house. Was like, I'm kind of bored at home, and we're here, and we kind of have a routine. Like, I could take a class, <laughs> and so I signed up. So I'm actually a year and a semester in to the program, and I love it. So it's really kind of in my wheelhouse, and what I was doing corporately. And it's really a fun program. And I feel like I'm continuing my education. That's kind of my, you know, some people go and get like manicures and pedicures or a facial or like an app. I take a class. I like that. I I'm on that. Yeah. My yeah. master's degree is actually adult education. So we probably will have some of the similar, um, classes there. Yes. There was a lot I'm of overlap. those courses and I'm a little, a little overwhelmed, but it'll be oh. fine. Participation trainings this semester. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of overlap, at least in the program that I went through uh, a, few, a few years back in Minnesota uh, with a lot of HR stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a lot of overlap with some of the administration things like um, school administrators might go through some of the principals and superintendents who are in the same classes as me. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It is. And I'm uh, kind of trying to feel out what the best path is for me now that I'm not in that corporate role. Like, is this degree path still the right one? Mm-hmm. Or is there something else that might be more suited? Um, my long-term goal, because, you know, I don't have enough um, on my plate is to be a Dean of Students at a community college. So I'm really okay. passionate about making sure people have the ability to have community. Um, I've done some work in that space before and the demands of a role like that really are nights and weekends as well as daytime. It's, it's like a, a all encompassing one thing, um, the energy you have to give to it. So this isn't the right time to, to kind of go down that path But, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that kind of my goal. You still have little babies right now, so. I mean, I got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. Okay. But they need me at their baseball games. And she still snuggles to go to bed. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it's a balance. Um, So we have the pop-up shop, which we only do, like, just between, you know, Halloween and Christmas. Um, We've got our business. And I've got more clients than I know what to do with. And we have to find time for family. So blocking that time has been really important. So finding time to interview with you took me a year, but I did it (laughs) eventually. Um, And I also, you know, I've got a class meeting after this. So this is the day my husband knows for the next eight weeks. Like, I don't know what they're eating for dinner, but they're going to figure it out. So you have to be willing to let that go. And he also works from home because I remember when we were talking, you were still in your old house and you were like carrying the camera through the entire house, trying to find like a quiet place to sit that Mm -hmm. day. And I think you ended up in your bedroom.
1: I did. I'm uh, a dead built
0: at that door. (laughs) And, but right now, um, you said you're sitting in your, in your, in your son's room. So I'm hiding in my son's room, not because this house is not big enough or that I don't have a gigantic office downstairs that were my mm-hmm. husband's office that I could have stolen. But my daughter was at the bottom of the stairs when this is about to start. And I know better when I have two minutes before a call than to walk anywhere near her. <laughs> so I was like, well, where can I go where she will not interrupt me? And I, this is a better choice than my closet. Uh-huh. Um, but I do, we, we actually have space here. So one of the reasons we moved is this is a three, four ho- floor home. So we with a basement, our main level. And then we have bedrooms um, on like a half level. Mm-hmm. our other house was a ranch with a basement, but the basement wasn't semi-finished, but it can get fi down there. There's concrete block. It was just hard. So we really had that main floor and everybody's there. And so it was very hard to find space. And, you know, in our group, we have moms living in all kinds of situations. And yeah. a lot of times, whether you have an office space or not, you end up tucking yourself where you can. Um, yeah. So while I have office space, that I can actually like deadbolt and go down some stairs and hide from them. I have to get by them first <laughs> not, uh, worth trying right now. So. so in your old house, you had an office that was your remote work office. And then your husband came home for the pandemic and took it over. Mm-hmm. So in our basement, we had a remote working office that was hardwired. And I had this beautiful wood desk. Gorgeous. Yeah, he stole it. And so he would actually disappear down to the basement every day and lock the door. And somehow he got to work eight uninterrupted hours every day. Love him. Not like (laughs) that's what he needs. Um, and I was working some adjusted hours. So I was actually working, um, our manufacturing facilities needed some files like right in the morning. And so as things cycled overnight, I'd wake up at like 4am, 6am and I would work, um, for four hours, Mm -hmm. knock out what I could before the kids woke up, deliver those files. And then I would take a break and I would mom until one or two and then I'd work for another four hours. Okay. Um, and I was really fortunate to be in an organization that trusted me, um, to do those things. That flexibility isn't something all of our remote working families are allowed. Um, and I don't know that it would have been allowed pre pandemic. I'd always worked remotely, but you know, there's those office hours you're expected to be available during. I remember at one point you were like, I got to get a nanny. Did you end up getting like a part-time nanny? Uh-huh. We fail at that again and again and again. It's hard. I've been through that path. Well, part of it is I'm severely asthmatic. Um, my husband never wants to be a single father and we take the COVIDs very seriously. So yeah. we needed to find somebody who was isolating as much as us. Mm-hmm. We thought we did. That didn't work out. Um, and then we had a family friend's daughter work here for a while. That didn't work out for some other reasons. And it helped. We were still in the house. Right. And we said we were in the other house. So you really couldn't isolate yourself. Right. When you're at that point, two-year-old knows you're in that house. Like (laughs) they're going to find you or they're going to be so loud that you really can't concentrate anyways. Um, we did not go to the step of like a professional nanny, right? Like we, yeah, that's a cost at least in our community that, um, It wouldn't be; it would be a big portion of what we make, and that in the middle of a pandemic didn't feel like the right fit. So we just hustled the whole time as best we could, just weathered the storm. We did, and then last year you had the adjusted hours, which helped you do that. I did. I was exhausted all the time, but I had the adjusted hours. What helped also was um, having an—I guess he was six and a half, seven when it started—but having an an older kid who would handle Netflix right? Like handle mm-hmm. some of those things that aren't, if you were like, Hey, if I'm going to balance being a full-time working mother and give my kids eight engaging hours, that is not what we did, right? Like we duct taped it together and everybody was alive and mostly fed by the end. And that <laughs> yep. like, that was it. And I think the snacks to- accessible, that's a big deal. So you say that <laughs> at our other house, our kids could like get, they were comfortable climbing on our counters. These counters are not any higher, but my kids will not climb up. They just want, I don't, everything got moved down. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. We've got more um, shelves. And if then it's, if it's know, reachable, they can have it. If it's high on the top shelf, it, it, we actually have a box that says do not touch. Oh uh, yeah. So we're all operation calories here. So we have a, a four-year-old who likes to selectively eat. And so, especially when she was two, she's very, very petite. She still is. It was operation eat food. So like, yeah if it's a Reese's cup and that's what you want. I mean, those are calories. I mean, we mm-hmm. will offer you three actual meals and we will give you good, healthy snacks, yep. but like. We have a kid like that too. You want to get You bet. Please eat more. You want a Please big one? I'll give you a big right. one. Yeah. We wait, got that right wait. now. Uh, so we, we were navigating a lot of things. Um, I think the other side is finding time to be a wife and I'm not very good at that. So, um, I am very blessed to have a husband who puts up with me. Same. <laughs> I get that. Yes. Oh, and we hired a cleaning lady like throughout the entire pandemic. We had a cleaning lady. I want to be very clear. There are some things you do not give up. Getting my home cleaned is one of those. Um, It helps us stay married. That's the best thing I've ever done as a wife I said, we're going to have somebody else do this work. That was one of uh, my goals actually last year. And then the pandemic changed everything. And we still also felt a little uncomfortable with the idea of having the stranger in our home, someone who, you know, we didn't know what their protocols were as far as like COVID. There was a, a period where we did not have anyone. And then we moved into the new home. It was clean, by the way, that was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of through fall. We actually ended up with COVID. Mm. Not the store's fault, but a whole other story. One time. It only takes one time being around someone. Um, but then we got we we got our our cleaning person to come back and she's a lifesaver. Um, and because this house is big enough, we just, if we're here and she's here, even, even though like some people are less pandemic scared right now, or taking precautions less, mm-hmm. like, we are not in her space. Like she cleans better when I'm not around and I feel less judged when I'm not around mm-hmm. her. Cleaning yep. So <laughs> we all, we all migrate to the basement okay. and that is where we stay until she's gone. Um, and you know, we, we stay on her space and we, believe in the blessing of a house cleaner. And you know, it's like it cost about as much as therapy and I feel like it is completely worth it. <laughs> therapy. Yes. I, I could, I think I had to pick that too. Tell me about your basement. So half of it is a store, but you keep referring to your offices down in the basement. Is there one or two done? Are there so one or two done there? It's a dental clinic. Yes. Um, and we will not send we will not talk to zoning about the zoning on our home occupational dental clinic. We've got toothbrushes and we can refer you to a dentist, but okay. um, for a few <laughs> months, a few weeks a year, we have a extended garage sale down there with a roof and it's a, got it, yeah. a establishment, but um, very much like a dentist office, there is the entryway. We've removed that desk. Um, my grandparents were jewelers and the jewelry store that they had owned Uh, The new owner actually had retired and was closing it. So we actually now have jewelry cases. It's very swanky. I can send you a picture to include. Um, And so that's one room. And then off of that's a half bath and a little hallway. And down the hallway are two exam rooms, um, a storage room, what used to be the x-ray hallway, and a small kitchen. Wow. Yeah. And then behind that is like a rec room space. Your basement is bigger than a house. We're at about my basement is bigger than my first house. Okay. So We used to live in like a three bedroom ranch. It was like 900 square feet. This is a, I think it's like a 1400 square foot basement. Yeah. It's very oddly set up though. So it doesn't feel that big when you go down, right? There's like one main room when you go down the stairs. Um, or if you come in the front door, uh, there's one room and then those exam rooms are like nine by 10. So are you using those as your little offices then they're not very big? Mm -hmm. One of them is like an office craft room. The other one is housing my nephew right now. Oh, otherwise I'd have a craft room and an office. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And when you're not doing, I'm sorry, they they both have, um, oxygen and nitrogen like plugs. There's no chemicals left. And then they also have plumbing because there used to be a sink, but we've taken that out. Wow. They're, they're very curious little rooms when you're not hosting your extended ground sale from October through December. What are you doing with that big space? Is it just sitting there? It is. I mean, this was, I mean, obviously it's only been one year. Um, A lot of times I actually work from the store. So I had my desk in the store space at one point, but once we got the jewelry counters a few months ago, that didn't really make sense. Um, There is a desk space there where I can work and there's some beautiful windows there. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice little hideaway. Um, Do the exam rooms have windows? They have, so, because we have a nephew in one now they don't have doors, um, but they have egress windows. Okay. And so does that. There's two half baths down there. So they have those as well. And there's a lot of toilets in this place <laughs> and the cleaning lady does not clean the basement. Okay. Can't afford for all that. She only right. cleans where we live. We don't live in the basement. So how has working from home changed for you in the last year? like you've you've changed houses you've changed jobs what is your what's your day like and what is your day like now so when I first started working remotely I walked my kindergartner to class or to the bus or drove him, you know something and then I just kind of settled down and do what I did for my corporate role I didn't have I didn't have micromanagement right so I was trusted to get the work done but I had quite a bit of flexibility so one day a week I would take my lunch at my son's elementary school. And I really didn't take lunch. I just made copies. Um, we had quite a few doctor doctor's appointments that year. So I would, you know, take calls from there and do what I needed to do. That kind of continued throughout most of this. There was a portion where I needed to go work in one of our factories. Um, I was actually gone for six weeks on site. Um, I remember that. It was like last spring, right? Yeah. I worked nights. I'm not built to work nights. And I led a team of 150. Great team, great company. Um, it's not why I left, but it's, uh, it was an experience and my husband held it together. So he was working at home and had two kiddos. Now our daughter was in full-time care. So when I first worked remotely, like pre-pandemic kids were in full-time care. I was home by myself at the house all day. You know, I might start some, whatever I might work from bed. No one judged me. No one cared. I just did my thing. And then the pandemic hit and my husband actually came home first before the kids' school closed. Um, our daughter was still in full-time care at an in-home daycare and um, our son was in school full-time. And it, it was a shock just to have him home that first week. Like it, mm-hmm. He was like, oh, let's get lunch. And I was like, dude, I work through lunch. Like I eat at like two o'clock when I want to, or like, you know, like you're just so self-driven. Um, And then the kids came home and then I worked the weird schedule. Um, Mm -hmm. Our son eventually went back um, last fall. So he started remotely and then went back in person because his remote teacher got called back in class. And so we loved her and went with her and he was in session, I think from fall break until Thanksgiving, maybe not even that long. And then they went fully remote again. Really? At that point, our daughter was pulled. She was... We just weren't we weren't gonna go back and forth. It got pretty crazy last year. It did. Um, and then at one point she was actually back in full time in the spring, and so was he and I left for six weeks and they actually were both in full time care. So my husband got to have my pre pandemic experience for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but then my son got put on quarantine. So he had an eight year old, he had a wrangle. Um and then this year we started our daughter in person. She ended up with RSV after four days. Was not COVID. <laughs> God. Um, (laughs) but she was home for three weeks. And by the time we wanted to take her back, she really just had some fear and anxiety around it. Um, and I'm not, I don't know, I'm not dragging my four-year-old into a public, I'm just not doing it and not in the middle of a pandemic. Like I'm not going to forgive myself. And maybe I'm a pushover. Um, like I dragged my son kicking and screaming all the time. Like I, whatever, go go to preschool. school, Um, but this is COVID. So we we have a local co-op. So she goes three days a week, they're half days. And then our nephew watches her those afternoons and the other two days, um, Tuesdays, my mother watches her. And then Thursdays I work a four day week and I get to spend the day with her. Nice. So that's a new thing. Um, leaving my other company and picking up clients through a consulting firm. I I can, say Thursdays I'm booked. Nice. Now, if there's a half two meeting, okay. But having the flexibility to give her that day is awesome. She'll be in kindergarten next year. And I like her a lot better when I spend a day just on her. And I'm not trying to like, oh, let me listen to this webinar while I make you lunch or let me, oh, I'm playing with you, but really I'm updating a website while I watch you play. Like Mm -hmm. that's not fair to her. Um, So yeah, it's changed a lot. we did that with our kid who was in preschool. Um, our, our youngest ended up in preschool. Our older, older two actually went straight to kindergarten. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I had Mondays with her. That was her, she had a four day week and that was our special day. We called it our special day. And on our special day, we would, you know, have a picnic. We would, uh, she would read. We had a reading lesson book called how to teach a child to read in hundred easy lessons. And we would only do it on Mondays most of the time. And we just book it through like seven lessons in one day. um, And she still sometimes says, mom, Mondays are still like a special day. Right. But you know, okay. she's in school full-time now. Yeah. She's six. Um, But that was the like- hard part, right? Like how do you carve out that time? And I've been onboarding a client for the last couple of weeks. And so I haven't had that special day and mm. she's home today and I'm working here as opposed to I have a, I also have a co-working space that I can escape to. We believe in having backup. Yeah. Um, It's a kind of community space. It's less than hundred dollars a month. That just, you know, another, they have free beer. It's great. Uh, (laughs) wow. We did it pre pandemic. We had canceled it. They reached out and I was like, sure. I mean, it's 80 bucks, right? Like is there a conference room in there? Cause that's why I wanted to rent one. I was going to basically have one just for the conference room three. Wow. Nice. Yeah. And I need it. Cause while I do have the shop, my business brand clients, like they don't want to know I'm running a little gift shop, right? Like okay. that's not the look and feel that they want. They want, they want to look and feel like you, you are a consultant. You are a yep. friend. I am. I also happen to sell coffee and customer socks in my basement. It's fine. I think that's something that like, I don't know, as work from home evolves, mm-hmm. I feel like in the past, and I've talked with a few people about this recently, the whole idea of like having a storefront or something like that to be the professional look, I think is starting to go away. And maybe you could eventually carve out that front room a little bit so that it could be, you know, a space where, I mean, you have the ultimate work from home (laughs) situation. I really, I, it's literally like, um, we call it like pretending like playing lemonade stand. I I have that space. Like what a blessing Yeah, to actually you know, less expensive house than we were in before to have that extra space where I can make some choices about what that looks like. Um, and we could use that space as uh, that consulting, like front desk conference room space. Um, and we might, but for now we're, we're enjoying what it looks like and, and how it's yeah. set up. I think you have to, you also have to be willing to invite people into your home, right? So I think on the consulting side, there's a professionalism that's expected and anticipated for that mm-hmm. high price that you might be charging. And so while I don't mind having people to my home and I, I do some other things where it's, you know, meet me on the back porch and we'll talk through this. You know, it's good relationship building. Um, not every client's like that. Got it. Now, I feel like when you were going through your job hunt, you had a few different offers and a few different scenarios that you're trying to decide between. And I know at one point you were trying to decide between the LLC versus the W2 employee. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you talk about that for a little while? Yeah, so, um, I had given notice that my current employer, um, previous employer, previous employer, I'm sorry. previous I know, Um, I knew I needed to go. I needed something different. I knew that I wanted to do some consulting work. I had some clients lined up, but also I come from a background where like, a paycheck matters and consistency matters. And that, that foundation matters. My husband works really, you know, for a, a large corporation and he makes good money and we would be okay, but I would not be okay. It's like, I'm a working mama. That's part of who I want to be and what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wanted to do something and there was an offer that came that was more of a W2 job that was more in line with what I had been doing. And I just was like, I don't know that I need to jump from this apple to a different kind of apple, right? I need, I need to really have a different adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there was an organization that had reached out earlier in the year and they reached out again and they're like, Hey, would you, would you have this conversation? And I was like, I'll I'll have the conversation. I don't know. And they reached out and offered me the job or not a job, the contract, um, pretty much like within days, like one interview, one hour, yo, we need you. And, Hmm. um, It was so flattering, but the way it works when you're in a consulting firm, um, working for another consulting firm, is they can hire you as a person, as a W-2 employee, or often they can hire you as a contractor. Um, Either way, when you're really working through a consulting firm, they're going to ask you to get a goal done. They're not necessarily going to tell you how to do it. And so there's this whole independent contractor legality of what they provide and how they provide it. Um, But the benefit for me was if I took a W-2 role, I was actually going to be making less and they have more control. They get to tell me more and do more and micromanage a bit more. Um, And because I already had some consulting clients, the consulting role, because they're not paying for benefits, pays a little higher. um, It gives you a bit more leverage um, to kind of write how you want to approach things. And so I really had to do the math there and I, I have a master's in accounting, but there's some laws around that. yeah. Um, and what I found was if you are purposeful about tracking your expenses, which we were already doing because we had a consulting firm, um, the idea of going as a 1099 employee or a contractor, not employee is a much better fit for our family and what we needed. Now, if I was a single mom who needed healthcare, if um, my spouse was not able to carry my benefits, if I was uncertain about um, the, the number of hours and longevity of this, you know, maybe a W-2 might've been more appropriate. Mm-hmm. But for me, that decision was math and some stability I had in my kind of support system. Right. I think I also just really am cleaving and kind of just loving this consulting firm like growth that we're seeing, right? So it's something we've been nurturing for almost a decade anyways. Um, through some speaking events and some of our efforts, and to really be able to have enough client work with, through this client and others to have it be my full time gig if I need it to be, or to bring aboard board, you know, partners that can also take some of that weight off. Mm-hmm. Really good. Um, and now I'm new to it. So I reserve the right to come back in a year and be like, well, that blew up in my face. But for now, um, it's it's been really exciting. And it's been amazing how my friends and network have like reached out. They're like, can you do this? Can you do this? And if I'm not the right person, I'm like, well, I'm not the right person, but I have a guy. And they're like, well, will you just connect the guy? And I'm like, okay. So do you also have anything exclusive with one corporation right now, or are you completely independent? So I am Veranda, which is our LLC is, is our consulting thing. So I personally am um, assigned to one of our bigger contracts, but then we also have other work with other organizations as well. So I have more hours if I want them, then I know what to do with, okay. which is not what I thought I would be in. And I think that's the, the message, I guess, to those who are in a corporate role is if you, if you're like me and you're like, well, the math says I have the flexibility to make some other choices. Um, and you have leverageable skills, um, tech skills, business skills, and the leap of faith can be worth it. Now, that's not to say this could not have fallen flat. There was, um, with one of our contractors, there was a extra background step that needed to be done. And I like had budgeted for some hours. My budget can handle it. But I don't like when somebody's like, by the way, you can't come in on Monday because, you know, X, Y, Z background has to be done again. It's like, this is new for me, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, again, I'm a long time salaried employee. Like you get paid on the 1st and the 15th. Consulting is very different. You'll have to keep track of all your own records. And how often will you get paid just every time that their uh, contract is... It depends on the client. So we have clients that want to be billed weekly for hours work. So if I'm uh, working with an independent business that needs an e-commerce site, so they pay as they go. So they'll pay up front to get the original build and then build for hours as as they need additional changes. And then if a company has a longer term thing, so say they're saying, you know, we actually want like 30 hours a week over the next six months. Okay, how is that gonna work? So for going through another consulting firm, a lot of times that's billed at the end of the month and then they have a window to pay, okay? And so if I'm subcontracting that, then I have to float that money, right? So it's always about making sure you're clear on what those boundaries are. And so far we're doing okay, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's lining up the work. Um, and because again, we already had the consulting firm, right? So we only, we have our, a little gift shop, but we had a full consulting firm. So we already have the software and the ability to, do, to run, um, kind of payroll to our 1099 employees. We already have the ability to track hours and deliverables. So none of that is outside of what we normally do. And if you're a salaried employee and already reporting weekly, what you do anyways, I mean, there are some salaried employees who maybe they just do a timesheet, but they know they're working eight hours a day, right? It's not, it's not much more difficult than that. I remember at one point when you were trying to go through that whole, should I do 1099 or W2? There was also the idea of like, well, salaried versus hourly versus independent contractor. So are you billing your consultant hours? I just smacked my microphone. So when, uh, is it almost like being hourly when you're doing the consultant? So is an it hourly, contract? it's different. So an hourly employee clocks in and they do what they're told. Yep. Right. You're like moving widgets or you're doing what you're told. Yes. You're answering however many calls an hour. And the way that they want you to do it. <laughs> and the way they want you to do it, where they want you to do it with the tools they give you. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot more controls there. A salaried employee is given a goal and no matter if you're sick or whatever, like or you work 10 hours or 40 hours, you meet that goal. Or if you work 80 hours, you meet that goal, you get that paycheck and you get the same paycheck. If you work 40 hours, you get the same paycheck. If you work 80 hours, you get the same paycheck. Uh, for the most part. Yes. Right. Like it takes a whole lot of work to dock a salary person's pay. So as a contractor, you write your contract, right? So you may say, Hey, I'm going to make a thousand dollars a month for an average of, or about 10 hours a week or five hours a week or whatever that looks like. And you may just have like a contract where it's like, you just pay me that thousand dollars a month. And I just invoice you and said, yes, I worked this month. That's an option for some contracts. Um, it's here's the scope of work. And when that's done, you pay me this, or before that you pay me this deposit or you pay in full first, you know, you may have that. Um, a lot of contract work is done um, at an hourly rate. So you actually bill them by the hour. And so let's just use 100 because it's easy or 50. Um, if you work 20 hours, you get paid that $50 an hour. If you, pay, if you work 60 hours, you get paid $50 an hour for every single one of those hours. Now, if you were actually hourly, you'd get overtime. So there's um, additional like labor rules there. Yes. Right. But the volume, um, you know, I'm not, you're not making 725 an hour. So if you're making 725 an hour as a contractor, there's something wrong. Um, because after the math is done, you're making below minimum wage or something, but mm-hmm. that's not the situation, right? You're usually being paid for a professional service of some sort, um, your expertise, you know, that, so what you can get done in an hour might've taken them 10 hours. And so you, you charge a premium for that. And uh, there's a really great, um, meme, like, with a guy and a hammer and he just like hits it. He's like, you know, you're not paying me for hitting this with a hammer once you're paying me for the 50 years of experience it took to know where to hit it. Uh, Um, and so that like salary versus hourly versus contract 10, employee with billable hours, is very different because as someone who came from the corporate environment, if you were billing hourly, we were paying overtime. Mm -hmm. Um, our contractors most often were not build at an hourly rate. They were built by statement of work. Okay. And so it's just a very interesting navigation as you look through the contracts. They're very different um, with all of our clients. And we have kind of some standards on our end, but if a client has a contract and that's what they want and it makes sense, you know, and we can agree to it, then we'll build the way they want us to. Nice. Okay. So whew, let's go on to, um, we talked a little bit about your, your home setup and your multiple different things that you've got your fingers in, and your husband is working from home, and you have a housekeeper, and a few other things. Where do you want to go from here? Well, um, let's talk about actually having time for kids. Yes, let's do it. So, um, especially through the pandemic, electronics kind of got out of hand. We had a desktop computer that we set up with Minecraft for our son and he loved it and he's good at it and he does little <laughs> things and it's awesome, but he could do that for 48 hours straight and not eat or sleep or move. Mm-hmm. And so we, we had to pull back and, and we're doing better with that. Um, I think it's something a lot of parents have dealt with um, pre pandemic. It was like, you know, you need to have guidelines. You need to, you know, no more than 30 minutes a day. And it's like, I think about pandemic times and I'm like, I'm pretty sure there were days when that's all he did. He woke up, plugged it in. I'm sure I threw food at him. Mm-hmm. But that's not the engaging, hands-on parenting that I want to pretend that I do and hopefully aspire to do. And so I have been trying desperately to block off time. So every Thursday, block off time. Uh, Wednesdays, and this is Wednesday, is my kind of late night to do things. So if it's a meeting or my class, I try to target that day. Um, That doesn't always work. I had a a group meet over the summer and it was like always on Thursdays in the afternoon like that. Mm -hmm. It didn't really worked for me, but, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. And then that time I have with my kids, I try to think about what I want to accomplish. We used to have a jar that had like slips of paper pre-COVID. We were like, we're going to put all this stuff in, all these ideas we can do from home. We never touched that thing, but <laughs> I haven't touched it. But I try to think. So today my daughter um, had preschool and our nephew did the in-class parent participation, which you have to do for co-op. Somehow he thought he didn't have to parent this afternoon or not parent, but like babysit. So my husband and I had to juggle what was going on in our meetings. And so I had a block of time that I had to be, you know, on point. I was like, okay, what do I want to do? I was like, I want to do watercolor with her. Like, I don't care how many episodes of strawberry shortcake we end up watching. I don't care if she actually eats whatever I make for lunch. But at some point during this time period... I want to accomplish watercolor, hmm. and she had mentioned it this morning. And I got it out while she was gone, and it might have only been ten minutes, but I put my phone and my computer away, and we sat and we watercolored. And um, she then told me she was really proud of her painting because it looked like blood red. And I was like, "Yeah, you and your brother need to stop talking about zombies, Thomas." The <laughs> You painted them red. We don't need to say that it's blood red, <laughs> but it's about that moment. I can say I watercolored with my kid today, yeah. and she can say, "Mommy, we did this picture together." Do I wish I could have had more time with her? Do I wish I could have maybe be present enough to talk about like mixing red and white to make pink or red and yellow to make orange? Sure, but I watercolored with her today. <laughs> good. And so you have to carve out that time. Um, I'm not always as good at it as I'd like to be, but I did that today. Um, and you have to give yourself some grace cause yeah. What do your weekends look like? So this weekend's a little different cause it's Halloween weekend, but normally, um, now again, I'm only a month out or maybe six weeks out from a corporate gig. I shut down on the weekends. So I don't do client work on the weekends. Yeah, like I had to set a boundary because I'm a workaholic. I do client work on the weekends. I will say during the pandemic, there were times when, um, in my corporate role, there were needs for virtual event facilitation or something over the weekend, and you make time for that. But I am very fortunate to have a very businessy office-based role. So it's not nursing. It's not processing. It's not supporting. It's not that job where they wanted me to like talk to dev teams across the world. Like I don't have that. I don't have deploys and, you know, 4.00 AM I've had roles like that, but Mm -hmm. I I don't have that. I don't have to wait till, you know, Sunday at 2 15 AM to do a deploy. I really have some flexibility. And so I can say weekends are for my family. So this weekend when I'm done, um, I have some client meetings until I think 3.00 PM on Friday, I I start work at about six. So I work from six until eight. I help, um, my neighbor with her horses or try to every morning and she's this great lady and I like petting horses. So it's like 10 minutes of my day, I get to pet a horse. Sometimes I have to scoop poop, but they seem to be potty trained right now. So we're good. Um, and you said 6am to 8am you're doing that. Yeah. So 6, no 6am 6 to 8am I work. And then from like 8am to 8 15. I'm oh, just neighbor. a quick a little break. break. Okay. A little break. Um, and then if a kid needs shuffled, it's usually married to preschool. Um, I, I do that or my husband does and my son, my husband always takes or he can take the bus and then I work, I just work all day. Um, and kids get off the bus. We're very fortunate that, um, they're, they're pretty self-sufficient, you know, thanks to the pandemic. Like they know mommy and daddy are locked up and, you know, sometimes you gotta like press pause on a webinar or pause what you're doing to like, go be like, stop hitting each other. I can hear you. Um, but for the most part, you know, from eight, well, 6 AM until it's 530, 530, like they're not bothering me. Nobody's come looking for me. Right. Um, so I can work a a solid day so that Friday, if I'm already, you know, I'm at my max, I can feel like I've either, when I had my corporate job, I'd given them the hours. Um, and in the client side, I can say, okay, I've accomplished what I can for this week. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the nice thing about being billable is you give what you can give. And okay. that's it. <laughs> so our weekend, which was your actual question, this weekend is crazy. We've got three trunk retreats. The first one's for our preschool, but it's only like seven families. So we were decorating one car once. And then we have three bags of goodies that I will go buy. So we'll have like the little one for the preschool with more, I don't know, crunchy, f- friendly. Stuff and then the next day is the baseball little league trunk or treat, and that is a big deal. And I have recruited the nephew to come do setup with me. Um, and we'll probably take our son because he's friends with a couple of kids, and so we'll do setup for the other things that are not our car, and then we'll just open our car back up and pull out another bag of goodies the same one, the same Thursday. stuff that you had the day before, okay. and then yes, and then on Sunday is the mother's group. That's uh, nearby. It used to be a mops group, but it's not anymore. We're not affiliated with them. So it's an evening mother of preschoolers group. And we call it West side indie mom squad. And we also have a trunk retreat. So I'm going to pull in, open up my trunk and have another bag of goodies. <laughs> um, and so my kids actually get to go to trunk retreats this year. So they're all distanced, right? Cause they have like specific parking spots and, um, I am going to be taking a hot dog. And then I think my son is some kind of Minecraft character. Steve, maybe I don't know. know. Sounds fun. yeah, that's a winner. I won't be working. I mean, if there was an issue with a client's website, like I could troubleshoot, but I don't have to think about any of it, and it's awesome. You kind of like said I'm a workaholic, and it kind of just rolled off your tongue like you've said it before. So, do you want to talk about that a little bit? I would. So, if I did not have children, have you seen the movie The Net? Was is it Sandra Bullock? many years ago. Was it old? So it's like the nineties and she's like locked in her apartment and she has like three screens, which was a big deal back then. Right. And she like orders her food. Also a big deal in the nineties. And it like gets dropped off at her door and her groceries get dropped off at her door. She just doesn't leave her house. Yeah. I would be perfectly content. Yeah. I am an, I'm an extrovert love talking to people, but Mm -hmm. love my kids would never like not want to have them adore them. Love my husband me and my computer might have like a little love affair here. Like (laughs) I can plug in and get that done and feel accomplished and feel very fulfilled. Um, and that's not always the healthiest thing. So I was really into coding at a very young age. So, um, background about me, I started building computers with my uncle when I was probably six or seven. Um, that was 30 years ago. So we like soldered batteries on motherboards and, um, I coded websites and I was in elementary school and I loved it and had a little website business with my sister and we did little home pages for pets and adoption centers. And I do like hacks, I guess was what you'd call them or like where you'd change the color code on the little animal. And eventually that company actually developed their own but like we were doing that on the side and I loved it. But I will dream in HTML. Like I will obsess over an Excel file and I have to turn it off. Like I have to, because I'm also an extrovert. I have to put in those boundaries. Um, I have friends who play video games, um, like DD and like other, I'm very geeky, but mm-hmm. I can't do it. Like I literally, the last video game I played was, I don't know, the Simpsons Xbox 360. I'm a big Simpsons fan. And I literally plugged it in and I didn't stop until I won. I would be those people you see on, um, like law and order, who's like, I'm playing, I'm a zombie. Oh, I have children in the house. I had no idea. Mm. And that's not healthy. Right. I, so so I, a little I bit like of turn that. those things off. Mm-hmm. And like, my son is like, mom, play Minecraft with me. You're good at this. And I'm like, "Like, I, I can't, I don't have, I can't the same. go to it. So it's like right. an addictive personality, but like yep. to kind of healthy activities, but nothing's healthy if you do it that much. Yep. My, hus- my son did the same thing to me. He's like, mom, I think you would really like this. And I'm like, don't. If you yeah. You know, like, my parents didn't allow, allow me to have um, a gaming system when I was, like, I guess in my teens. Maybe they recognized it in me, but they um, back then, back in the, like, what was it, the 90s or, yeah, I was allowed to rent one. So, every every once a month, I could rent a gaming system Locker. for, like, three days or something like that. And I, I would play all night. Like, I would play till I had blisters on my fingers and then to would be gone for the month. And I was like, okay, yeah. So, I just have recognized that I shouldn't play video games. And he, he introduced me to animal crossing. And I was like, I just, I'm interested in other things. I'd rather watch a webinar. I'd rather like learn about, you know, the website that I'm working on or something like that. Oh, see, I'd rather play the game, which is why I can't do it. (laughs) <laughs> and so I started playing, um, and I kind of took over the switch for a few weeks and then I was able to let it go again. Thank God I got it out of my system, but yeah, I, I don't want to go down that path. I don't have enough time in the was day. Facebook game. It was like farm something that everybody was obsessed with for a long time. I don't know if I got Farmville? into that one. Farmville. I played it for a minute, but I was like, Oh no. Like I literally, like I get sucked. I had and a delete candy way. crush off my phone. I was I've not a good mom. It. I won't for play about, it. About two weeks. I I was not the best mom I could have been
1: and I had to delete it off
0: my phone. There was some game. It had like water drips. It's it's an app and like, I didn't stop till I won and now games don't let you win and be done. So like, I literally can't touch them. Yep. Yep. It's just better not to. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's good to know those boundaries, like whatever that might be. And so while I think I could probably get a little more geek and a little more techie, I considered even as I took this break, like maybe I should go to like a code boot camp. And I was like, you'd be really good at that. Like in my head, I'd be really good at that. Mm -hmm. I probably would never speak to people again. Yeah. I shouldn't do that. Hmm. I think you recognize when your subconscious has given you boundaries for a reason. Right. Um, Yeah. I had to cut myself off of garage sales. Like I just can't, I can't do that. I would go every weekend and I would spend all our money on things that we literally didn't need. And it's just better to not go. Yeah. You shouldn't don't know. And I, I think there comes a point in your, so I grew up very um, financially poor mm-hmm. and there's part of the reason I, I want to work. I want that stability of two incomes. I, that's very important to me, but also as I make up for that by buying my kid, as I look around his room, like all oh, of the things, right? Like there comes a point where you're like, we have the money to replace the things. We don't have to buy at this speed or this fervor or this whatever. Um, it, but it's it's a process, right? It goes from we can't. When Wes was really little, like we're doing the math on how we're going to afford diapers, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're budgeting very closely or not budgeting and getting in the hole, one of the two. And then for a time, it's like, oh, we have we we have some room, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the childhood I dreamed of. And then you're like. Lord have mercy. What has gotten into our house? Yeah. Like before at least we hit it in the attic, but now we get this big, it's everywhere. And it's like, okay, stop the American girl, you know, catalog came in the door, get that thing out of here before she sees it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I don't let mom see it. Cause she's going to buy like me. Um, you know, it's about like, if I want it, if we need it, we're at a place in our lives, we can get it, but you have to stop. <sighs> And acknowledge what's actually needed, right? So when you go to a garage sale, like, oh my god, that seventy dollar thing is only a dollar. You don't need the seventy dollar. No, no. And um, that's hard. Those boundaries are hard. So you're in your in your son's room, and you and you showed me. Um, you don't have to show it now, um, because our our listeners won't be able to see it. But, uh, you're talking about like being in your son's room, and it's it's a kid's room. It's not like a beautiful Pinterest room right now. No. It's not. And it's, I mean, in 10 minutes I could make it Pinteresty, but we don't need like it doesn't have to be that right. We'll see. So we have like, here we go. We have this really cool like wall mural. Like we do some Pinteresty things. But at the end of the day, this just like his nursery is going to be full of stuff. And he mm-hmm. needs to be able to sleep here and get dressed in here. And we have like a quiet corner where he can kind of read. It's not a huge room, but he's got like a little, which is hilarious because we have this huge house, but like the kids' rooms are small. Don't ask me why they did that. Um, but he's got like a little chair and and a bookcase where he's got some quiet things, but like, we don't keep all of his toys in his room. When he, when we had our first house, your toys stayed in your room because we literally had a living room, a kitchen and bedrooms and your stuff stayed in your room. Um, but it tends to wander even in that environment. And so in this environment we have, and because of COVID, we designed some a specific room downstairs is like the playroom, which is I kind of felt like I arrived as an adult. I was like, "We have a playroom. Mm-hmm. I have a room that they just play." in. Dude, it's like the storage junk room full of stuff they play with. They do play in there when I clean it, but then like there comes a point where it's like, "This is a really great space to play in," until you like dump everything, and then it's no longer fun. Well, if you have less stuff to dump, then it's always fun. It's, um, I have our garage is that it's like, room right now. Do what? Our two-car garage is that room right now. It has carpet in it now. So it's like a big two-car garage playroom. Yep. So before we, so we, three houses. So our first house was my house, the house I bought after college when I got my first job and, you know, before the market crashed and they'd let anybody buy a house. And we were talking about converting our two-car garage into either like playroom living space or like a master. That's some, that's some effort that laying down carpet. Like if you try to add plumbing, it's huge deal. Like, and it made more sense to buy a different house. Mm. Um, this I don't is know. Literally just a garage with a carpet on the floor. Dude, like we can perfect. roll it back up. <laughs> no, but garage with carpet. You know, what's so yeah. awesome about that? You can have them ride bikes in there and you don't care. Yeah. We have a trampoline out there. We have one of those like, um, cozy yoga type swings for kids. Ooh, and we could actually get to like, the after to actually like hang it properly so it won't fall. We we bought it for Christmas last year, but someday we're gonna hang it. <laughs> we're okay, ready to put it there? in any minute. <laughs> we have we have a stupid big house. Um I grew up in a like when we were lucky two bedroom apartment. So literally two bedrooms, one maybe one and a half bath, living room, onside kitchen right? Like mm-hmm. that's the size. Um, I'm pretty sure our playroom is the size of a one bedroom. Like it's a huge play. It's a huge playroom and it's carpeted port, like it's old carpeting, but it's got a little, the little trampoline. It's got a day bed. It's couch thing. We have a nugget and we have room for them to use it. Let <laughs> me tell you, they don't tell you when you order the nugget that it's not going to fit in your house. Oh my goodness. Like it's I'm a couch. It. It's literally a couch. If you do not have room to put another little love seat in your room, you—I mean—you can get the nugget, but you better find somewhere to store it because that thing is everywhere. Um, and we have a gymnastics bar. So in Indy, where we live, there's a gymnastics bar place, and they had a clearance sale at the beginning of the pandemic. So for like forty bucks, fifty bucks, I have a, it's called a Kip bar, nice, we have a yep. full-on Kip bar, nice. But I'll so- tell you. It's an awesome thing for the kids. So you know oh, yeah. you can get creative. I've seen some of my friends do some amazing things in their much smaller spaces to add energetic spaces for their kids. So yeah, we I had to a like, idea. when we were home all the time, and we live in Arizona, and it's flipping hot outside in the summertime, and you can't basically step a foot outside without boiling your brains out. Um, you have to bring something inside and just I'm have in to be- Yeah, I'm in Arizona, like okay. the Gilbert area. It's by Phoenix. Yeah. We got those little like balance things. It's like a half, it's like a semi, how do you say it? A hemis- hemisphere, like a half circle. Um, yoga ones, right. That you balance on like you, yeah, they're like little balance balls. balls and you can step on them and like just things that we could put out. We bought jump ropes. Like, just I feel little, like we all became like inclusion teachers and we were like, <laughs> let me get a sensory room put together for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and our other house, all of it was in their rooms. Um, even just like next door. So our second house and yeah. You have to have the wiggle seat. You need the wiggle seat. You got a wiggle seat. I'm going to sit on their remote meetings without a wiggle seat. We yeah, did not get we, a wiggle seat. We got a, it's an old office chair with wheels, but it wiggles. So it's fine. Oh yeah. The, they they about broke our office chairs trying to spin in them. And um yeah, basically our office chair was like gymnastics equipment for a while. Yeah. I wanted to kind of go back and talk a little bit about your work-life balance and you know, you're talking about being a workaholic, but trying to find balance for your family. So you, do you feel like you want to work? You need to work. You would go, you would not be yourself if you didn't work because you want to be busy because you want to like help people. I know that you are in a helpful role uh. in helping a lot of people do things that they wouldn't be able to do for themselves. What is it for you? A good question. Um, it's fulfilling, right? I get energy from others and pouring into them and seeing them successful makes me happy. Um probably some of it, like if we got real deep, it's like a place of fear, right? Like um, I could be busy and not get paid. Yeah. I'm not independently wealthy, so that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like a value that I think we assign in our brains to work, paid work. Um, and I want to be good at things. And while I love parenting, I love parenting is it terrible that I love parenting evenings and weekends? Like it was intended to be when I had them, I guess it's a terrible thing to say sometimes, but that's how I intended to do it. Right. At first I was like, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. And then I was like, Oh, it looks like I'm going to work because we need to pay our bills. And then I really bought into that. And it's like, That's You've embraced I mean. this lifestyle and you're not always feeling like you're missing out because this is actually what you want to do. And I think it's very healthy for them. And I say for our youngest, um, especially with our experience here, year, like full-time care is not the right fit for her right now and, and where she is. But I think that there's such value. Um, we, we send our kids to public school. So there's such value in having kids around a diverse group of kids, not kids who look like them, not kids who have the resources they do, not where they're the best or the brightest all the time where they really are challenged by to really question their worldview, which I mean, that's a big statement for a four and eight year old, but Mm -hmm. really challenging them to, to show up and be respectful and kind and, um, have integrity. And also, you know, that's important for them. And it's important that I fill my hours when they're not here in things that make me feel like I'm getting that same experience. And so I, I want to be around smarter people than me. And I want, not just my husband and he is, but like other people, um, I want to learn new things. I want to use the time I have here on earth to be better at whatever I'm approaching and learn and pour into others. And you, I mean, I guess if I had a bajillion dollars in the bank, maybe I could do that for free, but I don't do it for free. So, um, I, I don't know. It sounds like a whole lot of smoke and mirrors, but that's why it's important to me. And you are really good at what you do and um, probably have skill yeah. sets of probably the skill sets of five people <laughs> in normal. And I don't know. And that's why I charge what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When my computer was breaking and I finally went into the remote mama's work group and I, or Facebook group. And I was like, I think I maybe clicked on a bad link or something is breaking on my computer. And it was that same week that I know that the iOS systems had like a a breach and there were like these you know urgent updates that everybody needed to do really quick and my computer broke all at the same time and I still don't know I ended up um, doing a factory reset um, but I was on a call with Jennifer for about an hour that day and she's like let's make sure you have things backed up before we try this next thing and I am so thankful that you had me do that because I don't think I would have known to go in and select the documents and files extra you know Boxes. So many times people think they're like, well, yeah, I sync things to the cloud. I'm like, yeah, but you downloaded like the most important thing ever yesterday in your downloads folder. And that's the yes. only place you saved it, you know? And it's like, yes. it's- so I saved all those things. I can't necessarily find them all right now because it all got dumped into like one folder and they're all in the cloud drive. Um, but I that's will, I can, I can find them eventually. If you knew kind of what you called it and the date that you made it, you probably could search in there and dig it out. Yep. I'm finding finding things as I need them. Thankfully, I named a lot of things, but I have your voice in the back of my head every single time I name a file now because I think I was putting dashes on my dates and you were like, "Ah, don't do that. So, what's the right way to do it? Uh, So, I always, for a date, I would actually do no dashes, no underlined scores. I would do a two digit month, two digit, is that month? Yeah, month, day, and a four digit year or two digit year, whatever you prefer, and then underscore. Um, is it acceptable form? But like, you don't want to use like the dash or that dash, and using like an m dash or this dash. Like that, there's just just historically like, been issues. I mean, they'll take them now, but like, you yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> um, not a fan. I, I one of my clients has a project right now, migrating a bunch of files and each kind of shoebox of data is a little different and it's always fun to be like, oh, well, we tested this in a proof of concept, but we didn't test having, you know, a file path as part of your file name and that dash means file path or we didn't test it with a special character or like a foreign language keys. (laughs) It's like, I didn't know you'd have that. And you ask these discovery questions, you, you know, try to account for things. Um, But yeah, letters, numbers, underscores, leave it at that. That's it. Okay. So, and I don't even know what to do with my old ones. I still have dashes and things. Just so that um, we could script rename them all using DOS prompt and an Excel file, but um, it's probably just safe to leave it for now. Yeah. I'll um, never forget also, because I was like, don't look at my desktop because it's kind of messy right now. And it was you like, every- like 9,000 documents on your desktop. <laughs> I take screenshots when I was teaching English and never whenever I needed to document something, um, that was happening like, and I would need to prove that I was there or something like that. Like I was in the meeting, pay me. Um, I was taking screenshots and it just wasn't cleaning so them up. So you no, know, cause you're on a Mac, right? Yeah. So there's a setting where you can actually tell it to put it in a folder. Now I like to have them on my desktop too. So I actually don't automatically put them in a folder, but I do have something that says shot and it's just a folder. And then at the end of the day, I just select them all and drop them there. So you have a routine. How do you close the end of your day? How do you wrap up your day? Uh, Usually I'm on a call like this and a child comes in and I have to close my computer. And then I come back to it later that night or I open it the next day and go, Lord, where was I? Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm doing things correctly, so I just got a new computer. So I left my corporate job. I had gotten a new computer recently there. And then I left that job like two months later. So, and you asked if you could buy the computer. I mean, it was a $5,000 machine and I mean, they, they said know. we needed them and they were never going to get another one approved. Like if I had had the old one, they would have said yes. But because I had the brand new one, like it's fine. And they may not have said yes even then, but it's okay. So I'd gotten that one. And then I was leaving my role and I was like, I'll wait, you know, I'll see if the consulting thing, cause we have some windows computers, like I'll be fine. It was like two days before I was done at my corporate gig. And I was like, just trying to set up the windows computer on a Sunday. And I was like, I'm going to throw this thing through the window. And my husband's like, Oh, it's just the keyboard. You're not used to it. I was like, no, I'm going to throw it <laughs> through the window. And I use, so what's funny is I am a dual user. So I've always had two or three computers. Me too. But yep. I actively use. So yeah. I had a fully powered house Dell. I had a fully powered house, like MacBook pro. Yep. You know, I record on both because you have to train both. If you're a trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was not having it. And they're nice computers. Like they're a little older, but they were nice computers. <sighs> And I was trying to hold out for the new MacBook Pro, but I couldn't. So I actually bought a computer four weeks ago, a MacBook Pro a little 14 inch. I called it the princess because I had the queen that I had a return. So I had the princess. She only had eight gigabytes of RAM and girlfriend could not keep up with the recordings. So I was going to wait for the new ones to come out. And then I was going to buy like a 16 and like fully load it. But I'd kind of fallen in love with the 14 inch size. So I went to the store. So Mac just came out with a new model, but it came out yesterday. So I went to the store Saturday because it's a little bit of a drive. And I was like, Hey, can I even return this one that I bought? Cause I had originally like bought it knowing they were going to come up with a new model. And I was like, this will be the shop one and I'll do this, you know, more expensive one. And they were like, yeah, full return. And I was like, I can do what? Cause it's been like four 32 weeks, days. right? Yeah. What? 32 okay. days. Oh, 32 days. That is outside their 14 day, no questions asked return policy. Oh, they returned it. So that's like two angel looking down on me, Apple presents this year. So I yes. still need to ask for more, but then I went on opening day instead of ordering my Mac because I was late because they had announced it like two weeks ago. So if I ordered my Mac Saturday, I would not have gotten it until Christmas. Mm. And one of my clients, I have a computer for but I don't for the others and I'd have to use that windows computer and I'm wasn't doing it. So I went and waited at the Apple store. It's the first time I've ever waited for an electronic for myself. Like I've waited for like a boyfriend or a girlfriend to like get a new gaming system or, you know, phone or whatever, but I've never, I had a corporate phone. I didn't it like Black phones. Friday. Yeah. It was totally black Friday. So I was like there at 9am. They didn't open till 11. It's like, Hmm. Couldn't get in the building. I tried to like wait inside. So I went and got my hair done at the dry bar, by the way, love them. And then I went and got in line. I was number two in line because I had gone to the dry bar, but I could get in the door and I got a fully loaded, like they have two options for the 14 inch. And then they have like extras. I got all the extras and I only got one machine. So instead of having two, I have one, but I am thrilled. But that means I got another like angel looking down at me at the max store. That's three in one year. It's not going to happen again. (laughs) Um, and I've set up three computers in the span of like four months. So I say all of that to say my routine has changed Uh, right now. I have like Grammarly, Adobe creative cloud to install Camtasia to install on this machine. And so on my desktop, on a Mac, you have those install files. So my routine will be, as soon as I install these, I'll delete those. Mm -hmm. I then also clean out my downloads folder every night. And this is something new. I started Hmm. because I constantly had to clean out my documents and my downloads. And so I'm really trying to stay cloud-based. And so that could be Dropbox or uh, Google drive or, you know, whatever your system is or your client system is. But I literally, my computer is you open it. It has all the software, but you have to have the keys of the kingdom to get to the files you want to work with. Yep. Um, you also have to get in the machine, but that makes sure that like, God forbid I have to replace this tomorrow. All my stuff's backed up. Um, it also keeps my desktop from looking like yours. <laughs> I actually started cleaning it up again yesterday. I was like, if I'm going to talk to it, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's fine. I-, I talk to people all the time and see their desktops, but I'm also training. So I show people my computer all the time. And so when you do that, or you go to a client and you open things, like you don't want it to be like, Hey, no. there's my tax returns from last year. Like They yes. don't need to see that file. It needs no. to be gone. I actually also had an Apple angel. Uh, I I interviewed someone like, oh my gosh, like 50 interviews ago. And she mentioned that there was like a known issue with keyboards and they, my, my computer qualified for um, a replaced keyboard. And along with that came a new battery, which was like, my computer would only last maybe two to 10 minutes unplugged. And so so, let me tell you if that keyboard fails again, and mine failed five times before they did that but they no longer have many of those keyboards left. Just go sweet talk them. Just be like, this is the butterfly keyboard. Can you replace it? Mine also do your keys rub off or do you have an external keyboard? Mm -hmm. It was rubbed off. Yeah. And I used an external keyboard, but my keyboard was also rubbed off. Oh, mine rubbed off. Like I got it replaced five times in two years and that my E key and my D key rubbed off within like two weeks every time. And I don't have like caustic fingers. I don't think. Yeah. No, it's a bad design. That's so interesting. Um, but what is a butterfly keyboard? What does that mean? So it was a design that um, Apple used. So, do you have a touch bar at the top? No. You have a butterfly keyboard. Okay. So it's a recall. It, it's a recall that they didn't do a full recall on. It was like an optional recall. Um. So basically, if people complain, they'll they'll this it. Keyboard service program. So they did that instead. Um but it has to be that letters or characters do not appear and the keys feel sticky or do not respond in a consistent manner. Mm-hmm. And it was the MacBook 2015 to 2019. Yep. I was right 2018. Up? I think you need to go make friends with your Apple manager, Okay, but if it's so working, t- I mean, it's a wonderful machine. Yeah. I'm just yeah. so thankful actually to have the battery. Uh, Cause that was like, I can finally unplug my, my computer and walk away. It's so great. Do you not have it. Apple will replace any battery with less than 80% of its life left even outside of warranty or outside of, you don't have Apple care. Not anymore. I don't think that might be part of it. Well, I got one, so I'm, I'm happy. Whatever it's done. Yeah. No, they have to take off the entire back of your, um, Mm -hmm. your machine to replace that keyboard. And so they actually have to lift the motherboard out of it, the display like all of it. So it's literally like getting a new machine. So I love that they replaced your battery. Um, I was kind of surprised they did, but. That's awesome. Me too. Um, But again, I was so thankful that you had walked with me through some of the steps of like where to back some things up and how to get things back again. And because I had to do it all over again, when I went in, they're like, did you back it up? And I was like, I just did like two weeks ago, but I think I know what I am doing. So I, so I wasn't too scared. And actually, I don't think they did have to factory set it again. I think I was able to maintain what I had. Yeah. They're just scared. They'll lose your data. Um, And Apple does have a pretty solid time machine. So if you have, my challenge has always been, I don't have enough space yep. on my iCloud to store a time machine. No, couldn't. Um, I, now that my stuff's much cleaner on my desktop, I can time machine it with no problem. And I could do that to an external drive, but I, yep. I like just grabbing the stuff you want. You don't need everything else. You were talking about your um, putting everything on the cloud, but right now my like personal Gmail account is full, like hundred percent. And I don't necessarily want to pay extra because I'm already paying extra to like, uh, who am I paying extra to Apple and also somewhere else. Dropbox. Um, yes. I, I, I need to expand more. I have core, all three. Storage. So I have all three, um, as a business, um, we are likely going to use like an Amazon service to do those backups. I think what you're getting on Dropbox and Google and that is the convenience, right? So it's that co-authoring experience. Uh, if you have Microsoft, you probably also have a OneDrive or a SharePoint, um, drive. And so coordinating those and having purpose for those is important as a trainer, right? Like I use them all, but it's important for me to know where my stuff is. So I right. used Dropbox for a very long time, um, but that's a hundred dollars a year. So I fill them all up though. So I keep like just moving to the next thing and that's free. So you've got to find the one you like, stick mm-hmm. with it and pay for that one. I think I'm paying for Amazon, like mm-hmm. for photos and stuff. Is that an option? Yeah. They have an Amazon backup. Yeah. And then also, um, I the Apple, version. yeah, it's a rocket for sure. And what's really funny is most of them are using like the Amazon server, anyway, a host. Um, I need to consolidate mine as well. What I really and I've looked at doing some of that. We actually also have external hard drives. So that same uncle um, who helped me learn computing um, passed away right at the beginning of COVID, and I probably have. 15 external hard drives of backups of his yeah. And so at some point I need to figure out which one's a backup of a backup of a backup, pull Mm -hmm. all the family pictures into one. And like that needs to go into cold storage, right? Yeah. Um, do I want that to be on an online server? I mean, I don't, that's the only real accessible thing now. Or is it okay being on those hard drives? If the house burns down, I'll lose them. So I don't like that. Right. You know, about figuring out what that is. Uh, I do a lot of coaching around digital asset management um, or electronic content management. You need a single source, a single space that's organized in a way that follows the conventions and, you know, things that you want to reference. It's, it's, it's a file cabinet. It's takes so time when, to yeah, go so through paper files and digital files. But think about that, right? Like if your grandparents had paper files and they had them organized in seven different groupings, I mean, that's what you're doing digitally. So to do that better, we need to pick a service. And maybe a second service as a backup to the service. Mm-hmm. and Then you need to stop using all of the other ones. We have an external hard drive that my husband has dumped all his photos from all of our, um, actually, I think both of our phones into. But I try to hook it up to my MacBook and I don't think it's compatible. Yeah, That's why I couldn't do their- the time machine. Yeah, so the other thing is, yes, there's a formatting issue there. Um, it's Mac or Windows. Um, there The transfer between the two has really stopped. The other thing is that we had a, networked hard drive for years and I won't connect any longer and I'm really tech- and I took that darn thing apart but I gotta find the right cables to connect it to one of my new computers you know like there's that part of having an actual physical server um or set of files. And so it's something to navigate in my free time, but advances I, in technology are I just put it all in a tub, put a lid on it and pray that part of the house doesn't burn down. It's fine. <laughs> right. all
1: fine. I don't I've need got,
0: pictures from high school. It's okay. I've got phones somewhere that have pictures of our kids, like the only pictures of our kids from like, you know, the ages two to five or something like that. So, so I am very fortunate. Those are all loaded somewhere between Dropbox and Google. Like I'm very, very fortunate. Um, I, there are I'm some certain, probably a of I bet there are some of my son that are on actual physical hard drive, mm-hmm. I'm sure of it. Hey, I wanna give you a little bit of space and I know that you're gonna wanna go spend some time with your kids before you have to go to your class in half an hour. So I wanna give you a little space to just like talk to your community, the people that you, um, you know, this community that you admin is growing and big, um, but just like in, in general, the kind of women Um, The moms who are in that kind of community that are working, hustling, doing two different things, I guess hustling, not in the same sense we talked about, but but. so I mean, go ahead. so this is my biggest thing is don't be a jerky jerk. Do you see that? It's on her (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt backwards. Understand that everybody's coming from their best place. And it's hard to remember that Um, whether it's an in-person community or an online community, um, or an online community that says, hey, that that MLM doesn't fit here or that approach is not something we talk about here or that, understand everybody's coming from their best place. That best place may not be your perspective. Um, feedback you get, and I've experienced this lately, might not resonate with you. And you have no control over that other person or that other feedback or that other whatever you're like, oh, drama, you only control yourself. So just remember that, I think. Um, take the time and space you need so that you are not triggered and a jerky jerk. I can take my own advice. <laughs> um, but that, that's really all I want to say. And I, I love our remote working moms community. I think that um, we kind of go through like busy periods and lulls and busy periods and lulls But I know when someone calls for help in that space, um, we have a powerful group of, of mamas and professionals that literally will pour in and give advice. They will pick up the phone and call you they will get on a zoom and share with you. And it's not just me. It's not just you. There are others who are active in that community of over a thousand women. Now. I think I don't even know. See how Mm -hmm. many are Are there. Um, and there are plenty of, of ladies in that group that kind of sit on the sidelines and read it, but you know, yeah, we're almost at 2000. It's, it's small stuff like, Hey, I have to fit my desk in my master bedroom and it's a 20 by 10 room. What do I do? And we talk about lofting a bed and putting a desk under it. It's okay that you're an adult in a lofted bed. Or we talk about setting a um, like sheet behind you or mm-hmm. some kind of divider or doing what I'm doing. Just sit on the bed against the wall. You have to be flexible with yourself. You have to go from your best place. And um, yeah, that's good. Now I just didn't take think- advice. <laughs> I know. Right. Uh, I think that just knowing that there are a thousand or almost 2000 other women who are similar in a similar boat, trying to juggle some of the same kinds of things, whether they're the manager or the typist, you know, like it could be, you know, at the top of the ladder or the bottom, we literally um, have lawyers and all, oh yeah, everybody, all doctors kinds and of pharmacists people. and everything, but I think residents of knowing- big companies, like it's a big group and we have, folks who do medical coding because that's what they have time and energy for. We, we have right quite a, but I think it kind of goes back to the whole, like, you know, is it the King puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. Like, I think that what I have found in this podcast is I'm talking to people from all of the different walks of life and, you know, all around the world, but we're still struggling with some of the same, you know, like, am I going to put my desk in my bedroom or not? Should I, you know, can I close the door to my office? Like, those are the kinds of things that I have heard from every single side. Or like my spouse, roommate, whoever says the space, you know, the dining room doesn't work, but it's like the only place I can get work done. And it's like, let's be real about what the contents of that is, you know, is my husband being a jerk? Well, maybe, or maybe you need everybody to be like, you know, penneedle silent. And that's not a good workspace. You know, you have to be real with each other and you have to speak from a place of your perspective. Right. And I think just giving each other grace. Like if the kid cries or the dog barks, oh, yeah. you know, like, is it still professional? I think so. Like, could you have had control over it? Maybe, but and maybe that not. Is, that has changed a lot due to the pandemic, right? So mm-hmm. now it's actually like, that's kind of funny. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like let hey, me You're talking your from home too. To yeah. And pre-pandemic, it was like, oh, your children are home. I think everything's loosened up. And I think that we have advanced and I know, um, I think I'm going to be interviewing someone from our group, actually going in the for going forward in the next few months, I think I'm going to be interviewing quite a few people from this particular group. And I, I need to mix in since it is moms, I need to mix in. So if you are a man or, a, um, Get someone Jordan, from yeah. another country, you know, just anywhere, you know, please, um, you know, I need to mix it up a little bit. So it's not just working moms all across the board. Um, but, it, it, I think I'm interviewing someone coming up that's um, got a lot of coworkers who are based out of India, and you got the chickens and the you know small, small living quarters with lots of people in them, and it's the common you know thing to just hear, <laughs> to hear all of the noises and every, every phone call. And I think well, I think it's understanding the trust that you have with your coworkers that they will find time and space to listen and hear, and and you have to be flexible. Um, I think there was a lot of shame pre-COVID about some of mm-hmm. those things. Now there are still companies though, um, medical related, financial related related, where there is some big boundaries yeah. around both elder care and child care. Oh yeah. Um, and so it just depends what field you're in for sure. And just to know, I think that, you know, in a group like ours and in a podcast like this, where where we have talked with so many people from different walks of life in different kinds of industries, just to know that there's other options. Like you don't have to work in a call center. I mean, a call center might be perfect for you, but it might not be perfect for the next person. And just to know that there are a million different kinds of jobs that you can do from home. And I, you know, while I said, we do have some folks doing coding and some of that, you know, one thing that's unique about our group um, is you have to actually be working remotely. So we don't do, we do have some job seekers. I mean, I posted when I was looking to see, you know, maybe some advice on where to look, but it is not the place to find jobs, right? So we had an influx of that too. And I, I think it's good to acknowledge that, that needs to happen, and there are lots of spaces for that. But where are you finding community once you're there? Yeah, so for sure. So I better go. Thank you so much. This has been fun. I'm glad that we finally did it. I think I've been trying to get you to interview for a year. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. It's been a crazy year. Oh yes. Um, well, okay. Thank you so much. I think we'll call it. And you're this me. has been Jennifer Witt. I do go by Jenny or Jennifer. So I went by Jennifer for many years. I'm going by Jenny again because I am not working for the man oh, and I don't have to be. I was 21 when I started there and they said Jennifer sounded more professional. Well, I don't care if it sounds more professional. I'm Jenny. Nice to meet Stick you. Take it to the man. All right. Well, this has been Jenny Witt with April Malone and Yes, I Work From Home and we'll see you next time. Thank you.